0: The Old Testament lesson today comes from Isaiah, chapter 64, beginning to read at verse 1. Oh, that you would rend the mountains, the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down, and the mountains trembled before you since ancient times. No one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to help you come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways but when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold on you, for you have hidden your face from us, and made us waste away because of our sins. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. O look upon us as we pray, for we are all your people. Amen.
1: The reading from Mark chapter 13, lines 24 to 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree its lesson, as soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. But about that day or hour, what no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Or at dawn or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly and what I say to you I say to all keep awake.
2: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight O Lord our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Oh, that you would rend open the heavens and come down. Neither of our readings for today are easy. One can sense the urgency, even maybe the despair, in both Isaiah and Mark in their writings. They are offering warnings of suffering, of darkness, and the shaking of the heavens. The kind of literature that both employ is is what's called apocalyptic literature, a genre that uses vivid and even violent language to affirm God's rule over a world that often seems remote from divine justice and genuine worship. Apocalyptic literature represents the cry of a suffering people who are impatient for change, desperate for God's transforming presence. And it's not just in Isaiah and Mark, there are apocalyptic literatures throughout the whole of the Bible, Daniel and Ezekiel in the Old Testament, all the way to the book of Revelation in the New. What is clear is that the New Testament church, when the New Testament was being written, there was this significant expectation of the second coming of Christ, of the end of the world. Everything around them seemed traumatic and desperate, the the level of persecution that the church was going through. And in a world where there was this understanding of a three-tier universe, heaven, earth, and hell, it made sense of an idea of a God coming down from up above to sort out what was here on earth. Interestingly, we live in a new three-tiered universe ourselves following the recent government announcements. And I guess the wonder for all of us is, which tier are we in today? There are moments, I guess, where we have all felt that we are living in hell, maybe occasionally heaven, but what kind of an earth are we living on at this precise moment? In apocalyptic readings, there is this... God of wrath and judgment that at times seems so hard to square with the God of love and gentleness. And so much of the church has at times fallen into following this idea of this God of anger and vengeance. Hellfire and Damnation, those dreadful sermons by dodgy televangelists with bad haircuts about being washed in the blood of the Lamb. But actually, I think when we look at these readings, where there is this vivid, scary imagery, we need to try and find something else in there, something of hope that maybe the wrath and the vengeance are for those who have sought to bring injustice and terror to our world. All of this imagery of scariness, of fear, of desperation, it jars with what should be the natural expectation of Advent, of a time of hope. Of light and joy. The problem is that apocalyptic readings generate confusion, often because people deliberately misinterpret them, because they want to try and maintain a sense of fear, but actually the allegorical power of apocalyptic readings should be that in times of torment, that there is a glimmer of hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Because actually apocalyptic readings focus on a God who intervenes in the world so that it is turned upside down, that it becomes something new and wonderful. At times of devastation, fear, panic and pandemic, When all around us seems to be crumbling, we turn to God. We cry out. We want God to intervene. Oh, that you would rent open the heavens and come down. Because, let's be clear, I think for all of us there have been times this year where, God, it all feels a bit too much. God, could you please sort it out? as we are at the end of our resources. Over the past few weeks, I've noticed that for many people, this second lockdown seems so much harder than the first one, and the first one was tough enough. We are more weary. Maybe the time of year and the shortening of days doesn't help either. Maybe there are fears about what type of Christmas and festive season we are going through. Our resources are low. Our energy levels seem to be crumbling. Our finances as a nation well it's going to be an interesting few years ahead. And for frontline charities and churches the situation is also troubling. We are worried that the cupboard might soon be bare. How will we respond to those in need? How will we be people of hope? The continuing pandemic means that this year's Advent is for many a time of suffering, of darkness, and a shaking of all that seems certain. These are, in a sense, apocalyptic times. So maybe we can therefore identify closer with the Jewish and Christian people of the Bible, whose desperate hope and impatient longing were expressed in these dramatic literatures. In our Gospel reading for today, throughout there is this message, beware, keep alert, keep awake, and it sounds more like the strap line on the front of the Prime Minister's podium at the daily briefings and yet somehow those ideas of being aware, keeping alert and keeping awake, are resonating now through the ages. In the 1960s film The Longest Day, which was a film chronicling the D-Day landings, At the first part of the film, it shows the French resistance and their preparations uh, for D-Day. Of these groups of men and women who were occupied, downbeaten, they had seemingly no hope, but they were waiting, waiting and waiting for announcements on the radio for them to go into action, for them to resist those who had oppressed and occupied them. La deliverance s'approche. Deliverance is coming. Wait and wait and get ready for the time of action. Within our darkest nights, you'll kindle a fire that never dies away. With Advent Sunday, we embark on a new Christian year. This is not a routine movement in the cycle of the seasons. It is a reminder to us that God's light and God's love will finally triumph. Amongst all of the gloom, let us seek out those signs of hope. And they have started to appear the truly wonderful news about the vaccines and our hope that they might be in place soon. It is good news. It is worth celebrating. The world can be more hopeful. In less than two months, the narcissist-in-chief will no longer have his fingers on the nuclear launch codes. There are glimmers of hope. Oh, that you would rent open the heavens and come down. As last week's reading of the parable of the sheep and the goats makes clear, Christ is always coming into our world. He is daily renting open the heavens and he is appearing with the bruised and the lonely. Christ is... Is permanently coming back into our world. The second coming is a permanent reality. He is to be found amongst the starving, the homeless, the grieving, the sick, and the scared. For those of us who, at this start of a new liturgical year, are tired, weary, and dazed, Let us allow Christ to minister to us. But let us also be people who are waiting, waiting and getting ready to respond. It is easy to despair. Look at the threats to democracy, Look at the devastation to so many lives, so many vulnerable people across our country. It's natural, maybe, that we want God to come and sort it out. But maybe God is requiring us to do that work. That we have been waiting in and amongst the darkest of moments. But we are called to action We are called to be people of hope. During my ministerial training, um, our homiletics uh, tutor said to us whatever you do, you have to try and seek out the good news. You have to seek out the hope. Where is the good news? The good news in all of this, it might be you and it might be me. Inspired by Christ, wanting to make this world a fit place for Christ to live. Christ is coming amongst the bruised and the lonely. So let us try and find ways of getting ready to serve him. The food banks are in need of our assistance. Local charities such as the Prince of Wales Youth Club are in need of food donations and support. Continue to check on that neighbour that you are concerned about. In so doing, we are getting ready to welcome Christ. God is renting open the heavens and coming down. Come, Lord Jesus, everlasting God, come down. Jesus is coming. So, how are you going to serve him? Amen.